there's a dear lady in here that has come to me with the scripture, and I want to give it here at the beginning. It's uh, from Isaiah chapter 54, and I, it, it, it speaks to me. Isaiah 54, I've actually given this to a couple of people, but she brought this today to give to me. You see what this is? It's a nail, but um, she called it a stake. I want you to look at Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2. It says, enlarge the side of your tent and let your tent curtains be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your ropes and drive your pegs deep. Drive your pegs deep. I do believe that this next season for us is going to be one of growth. We've continually done that. We're going to talk a little bit about that, how that's going to happen in, in, uh, today from what I, what I think. But I want to encourage you to think about what it might mean if you're stretching your tents out wide, how to drive that peg down deep. I think to me it says we need to know who we are and we got to go deeper. So, so that's, that's where we're going today. Have you noticed that Christianity is, is uh, constantly, it seems like if you say you're a Christian, you get some pretty rough responses. Uh, Christianity's kind of under attack. It's been that way for years, of course, but you know, you, somebody will talk to you, and then all of a sudden you say that you're Christian, you're talking about going to church or the Bible, somebody goes, psh. You ever had, had anybody go, psh? Have you been pshed before? Today, I want us to look at what makes us unique, what God has called us to. And I want you to think about how we can respond to the world with the truth. Because when you say psh, you're basically saying, that's silly. That's not right. That's not correct. So that's what we're, that's where we're going today. That's what we're going to look at. So if, if you would, look at... Acts chapter 1, since today is welcome college students and we are going to have a, a new foundations class uh, at some point soon. Josiah, what date was that? October 27th. Um, I want to give us just some foundational things about what I believe God's calling us to. Not just New Horizons, but the body of Christ in general. So Acts chapter 1 Verses 1 through 3. And I'm reading from the, the Holman Christian Bible. I wrote this first narrative, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up. After he had given orders through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After he'd suffered, he also presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. When Jesus died on the cross, he was buried. When he arose, he had 40 days with the disciples. 40 days. And, and Luke summarizes it by saying he talked to the disciples about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. There is a priority of the kingdom of God in the body of Christ today. It's a priority here. Every time you hear me speak, you're going to hear me say something about the kingdom of God. 
And, and people say, you talk about the kingdom of God too much. And I say, thank you. Because the kingdom of God is at the very core of the Bible. The kingdom of God, the priority of the kingdom of God. So the first thing I want you to think about is the priority of the kingdom of God. So Luke is the one that wrote Acts, and it starts out, that verse, first verse says that I wrote this first narrative. What he's talking about is the gospel of Luke. So you have the gospel of Luke, and, and uh, then you have the book of Acts. So when we think about gospel, the gospel, it means good message or good news. So we got good news. Some, so... We're trying to figure out a way to keep people from going about the gospel. Because we're, I think the world is trained to believe that the church is not given a, a, a good picture of Jesus, a good picture of that good news. But the gospel, I want you to think about the gospel. There's, there's three aspects of it. There's the gospel of the kingdom, which John the Baptist and Jesus both preached. John the Baptist uh, uh, said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. There's the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is near. And then, as we see with, with the gospel of Luke, there are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospels, the gospel accounts. The gospel's being thrown around quite a bit today, and, and so someone might ask you, what's the gospel? And you need to be able to say, which one? Are you talking about the gospel of the kingdom? The Gospels, according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Or the Gospel, which we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 basically says that Jesus was crucified, buried, and arose. John chapter 15, verse 3. Jesus was crucified, buried, and arose. Galatians 1 says, don't add anything to that. Don't change that up. It's a gospel of grace, not of works. We can't work our way into our salvation. It's a gospel of grace, and it's a gospel of grace that doesn't give license to sin. We're going to talk about it a little bit more in, in a few minutes. But I want you to think about, just with me, the 40 days that Jesus had in the gospel of Luke. If you look in Luke chapter 23, the last two chapters of the, of, of the Bible, you find the women in the garden. And there are two angels that are there. They, they, you know, they have this conversation with the ladies there. Jesus doesn't actually appear in this passage uh, recording of, of, of the Gospel of Luke to the ladies. But then, and it also says that Peter ran and, and looked inside the tomb. But if you go to the next little section there, Luke chapter 24, verse 27, you find the, the two on the road to, to Emmaus. And it, and it says there in verse 27, Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself and all the scriptures. So Jesus appears to the, these two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and he begins talking with them and has this conversation and they didn't even know who he was. It was only when they sat down and had uh, communion with him that they realized, oh, this is Jesus. But if you, you look, it says that beginning with Moses, that's the, the five books of the Pentateuch, and all of the prophets, 
he interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. So there's the priority of the kingdom, but I want you to see there's the scriptures of the kingdom. There in, uh, with the 11 at the last part of, of, uh, of Luke chapter 24, it says, Everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. So, the, the word of God is very clear. The kingdom of God is a priority. It's a priority. Think about that. The kingdom of God is a priority. Jesus spent 40 days talking to disciples about it. But also see that he used the scripture to do it. Y'all, there's a lot of Christianity around that it has, doesn't have any basis with the scripture. We have, we have a, an, an, an uneducated uh, body of Christ. We, we haven't spent the time in the word. We haven't memorized it. We haven't studied it. And, and here, we value the word of God. We value the written word of God. Jesus used that scripture to talk to them about the king and the kingdom. Okay? So, the subject today really is Jesus, the king, and his kingdom. In Acts chapter 1, verse 3, he says 40 days about the kingdom. In Luke chapter 24, he says this, in these scriptures, he explained those things about himself. So, it's about Jesus, who is the king and his kingdom. Simply Jesus. So, let's look at this. The kingdom of God, first of all, the priority of the kingdom of God. Second of all, we need to see that the scripture is the foundation of what we believe. We need to know the scripture. Our understanding of Jesus and his kingdom comes from the scripture. But third of all, let's talk just a minute about the household. Because Jesus didn't set up an institution he, he didn't set up a country club. Jesus set up a household, a family. So it's a family, not an institution. It's fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, sons and daughters. God's called us into that kind of relationship. People ask me, how do I join New Horizons? <laughs> you know, you can, you, you can tell when somebody connects and, and they connect as a family. Everyone here in relationship with one another. You're either a son and, or daughter. Well, we're all sons and daughters in the kingdom. But we're brothers and sisters together. And some of us that are, maybe have a little bit of years on us, we, we grow older and, 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 uh, and, and have a, a mature walk with the Lord. And we become like fathers and mothers in the spiritual household of God. Paul had Timothy as a son. Timothy had Paul as a father. And Paul had Barnabas as a brother, Silas as a brother. So we're, we're to treat each other as brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, fathers and mothers in the kingdom. So, priority, scripture, priority of the kingdom, the scripture of the kingdom, the household of the kingdom. It is about family. Everybody say family. It's about family. Find your place in the family. But there's an entrance into that family. How, how, how to become family. And the way we're, we become family is we're born or adopted into a family. When, when you become a part of a family, you're born into that or you're adopted into that family. And that's what 
The gospel is all about the gospel of Jesus. The gospel of salvation is about being born or adopted into the family. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 3 talks about Jesus was crucified, buried, and arose. So that's the gospel message. Our response then is simply this. We're going this way, away from the cross, in our sin, in our trespasses and sin. We're dead men walking, dead women walking. And what repentance is, is we turn to God from our old lifestyle to serve the living and true God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9 Paul says, we know how you received the gospel, talking to the church at Thessalonica, and he says how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Listen, folks, you can't get that order mixed up. There's a lot of people in the church that are trying to serve the living and true God that have never really turned to him. You can't turn to him and receive a gift. You can't receive the gift unless you turn to him. And, and when we're walking in our way of sin and brokenness and, 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 and feeling separated, knowing that there's an emptiness in us, we're born into slavery. We're born into this, uh, to slavery to the law of sin and death. In the midst of that, in our frustration and in, 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 in just desperation, we go, God, I need you. I need you. I need you. And when we turn to him, we receive the gift. Of Jesus, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Y'all, when that happens, we're born of the Spirit. Something happens inside of us. Now, Donald came over this morning, and I was trying to put the finishing touches on all of this, and he started talking about what Charles Stanley had said this morning on, on, on one of his broadcasts. And he said, you know, a lot of people believe about Jesus. A lot of people know about Jesus. And this is part of the problem, y'all. There's a difference in believing about him and believing in him. When we believe in Jesus, we, it's, a, it's a place of surrender. We, just, we were just singing about that. Josiah said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. You're going this way with this heavy load. If you turn to God from your sin, from your idols... Turn to him, receive that gift, believe in him, in him, not about him. If you just simply know the facts of this CBA, it's not enough. So, here's the question, is Christianity boring? <laughs> Maybe it's like the television. It's kind of boring if it's not plugged in. Right? So you can believe about Jesus. You can believe what the church is. But if you're not plugged in, y'all, it's just like playing baseball and not hitting first base. It doesn't work. You're out. The starting point, the entry point into the kingdom family, folks, is that we're born again. That's when we get plugged in. That's when the power comes into us. and that, See, if, if you're walking in sin, in, in slavery, to sin and death, if you're walking like a dead man, how in the world can you receive that gift? The only way is if you turn to him, 
And his Holy Spirit gives you the authority and power to receive that gift. There's nothing, nothing in us that's righteous. We're broken, desperate. But when we turn to him, he gives us the authority to become sons and daughters in the kingdom. Y'all, some folks though, I don't see this as much now as I think I did in the past. A lot of people would punch their ticket just to get to heaven. They would punch their ticket so they would know that, and I see some of the older ones in here nodding your heads. You remember that, right? I don't see uh, this generation so much thinking about death. I know that it's something you confront, but I don't see people as consumed with it as they were when I was growing up. I, I got scared to death. That was part of the reason I came to Jesus. Because an evangelist was standing up there doing something like this. And he said, what if your heart is beating and all of a sudden it stops? Where would you spend eternity? Y'all, that's a good question. But unfortunately, a lot of people have just gotten their ticket punched and gotten plugged in, but they never really get plugged in to the family. So the question is, have we been born again, and do we have relationships within the kingdom family? If, you get, if your focus is on evangelism, where somebody just believes about that, and maybe prays some kind of prayer, rather than believing in where they're surrendering, then you've got religion, and that's not plugged in. And what you do, if you want to see that going, is have an event. Because a lot of people can gather together and agree on something at an event. But the truth is, God's not called us to come to an event or an institution. He's called us to be in relationship as kingdom family. So he wants us to connect. If there are college students here for the first time and you've, you've just left home and, 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 you, and you're just thinking about what it's going to be like to be away from home and somebody back home at the church that you were attending said, you need to find another family. This is your place because that's what we're about. We're not about some kind of country club mentality of I'm getting my membership here membership's a good word but it's more about family institutions produce can produce more orphans but kingdom family produces sons and daughters do we want this place to be filled up yes we do we could have an event and have a famous speaker and have a famous band and do all this stuff and publicize it leonard ravenhill who's gone to be with the Lord he, a long time ago, he said, he said uh, you don't have to advertise a fire. <clears throat> Y'all, when the fire is there in our personal relationships with the people we're around, and we're bringing every person that you meet, look, everybody this week is going to meet somebody new. If you're students, it's going to be a bunch of them. Don't just reach out and try to get people to come to an event. Look at every person you meet as either a fellow missionary or a mission field. And if you've been born again as a son or daughter in the kingdom, your question is, is this my brother or sister or son or daughter, potential son or daughter, or potential mother and father? Or Are they potentially that or are they that? Do you hear what I'm saying? 
So you're looking for those that have believed in Jesus, those that have been born again. If they haven't been, then you look at them and you go, that's a potential brother or sister. And you go for it. But evangelism is not about bringing people in to hear somebody speak. Evangelism with the good news is about not coming here, but us go and tell. It's about us building relationships so that people can understand the truth from the Word of God, Jesus from the Scripture, but that they would believe in Him, not just about Him. So, if we look at the kingdom of God, we see there's a priority of the kingdom of God. We see that there's the scripture of the kingdom of God. We see there's a household of the kingdom of God. And there's an entrance into the kingdom of God. Let's back up. Let's stop for just a minute and look at, let's look at this entrance into the kingdom of God. You know, we're in the Bible Belt. I had to apologize last week because I, I've grown up Southern Baptist. I don't know how many other Baptists are in here, but I grew up Southern Baptist. And because of that, I, 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 there's a, a bigger understanding in my, in my uh, thinking about what the body of Christ is. It's bigger than the Baptist church. Now hear me, I'm thankful for my Baptist heritage because there's a strong emphasis on the Scripture. And Scripture is important in the kingdom of God, right? That's how we know it. But sometimes I've made jokes about my Baptistness. I heard somebody say, I'm just too Baptistic. I didn't even know that was a word, but it is. I've made jokes about Baptists, and I've made jokes about going to cemetery instead of seminary. But listen, seminary has, has helped me to understand the scripture. I don't want to push, put that down anymore. I want to speak honorably about all people. And, 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 and being a part of the family of God doesn't mean you turn your back on your heritage. You can actually embrace your heritage. Why don't we call our church an interdenominational, our fellowship, an interdenominational church? Some say, well, does that mean non-denominational? I go, no, it doesn't mean that. Because there's something in it that says interdenominational gives a breadth, and it's accepting. And I'm not putting down non-denominational. I'm just saying that that's who we are. We are a mixture. And if you look across this room, we have got people from so many different church backgrounds in history. I believe your history is a part of our destiny. God wants us to be able to accept each other and walk together. If, here's the question, though. Are you a born-again Baptist? Because born-again actually means that you've been born into the kingdom. So you can put then in front of it, kingdom Baptist. <laughs> when you get born again into the kingdom, everything gets kingdomized. And once it gets kingdomized, you start having kingdom eyes. And so God is wanting us to understand other people from a kingdom perspective. Chapter 9, verse 21, it says, To those who are without that law, like one without the law, not, be long, not being without God's law, but within Christ's law, to win those without the law. Verse 22, To the weak I became weak in order to win the weak. I become all things to all people so that I may be 
by every possible means save some. All things to all people to save a few. Y'all listen. Our evangelism doesn't need to be me going out and talking about me being Baptist and I'm going to try to get you to be one. What I'm needing to do is go out and see who you are and see how I can relate to you. If you let your heritage become the dividing wall, you have missed the gospel. What God wants us to do is to be able to relate to every different denomination. So I'm going to tell you how I did this. This was a revelation. Those of you that weren't here on that college student night, you've never heard me say this. Most of you go and say, this is what we've heard before. Yes, you're going to hear it again because God wants to take us deeper, drive the tent pegs deeper. Look, there are some identities. Do you know, just in Baptist, there's, we have Southern Baptist, Missionary Baptist, American Baptist, Primitive Baptist, Independent Baptist, and Cooperative Baptist. That's a few. Right? You, you heard about the guy that was marooned on the desert isle, and when they picked him up, there were, there were, uh, there were three buildings there and they said what's this and he said well one of them's the house I live in and the other is two churches and uh, they said two churches you're the only person here and he said yeah but I got tired of the first one <laughs> you know we we can separate over so many things but the fact is I can relate to a Baptist because I'm John the Baptist I'm southern I'm, I've been a missionary I'm American and I'm pretty primitive at times and there is an independence about me, and I cooperate with folks. So if you tell me that you're one of those Baptists, I'm going to find some common ground with you because I'm going to become all things to you. Y'all, if you tell me you're a Methodist, I'm going to relate to you in that because the very foundations of Methodism it came because they had methods. John Wesley, Charles Wesley, they... They, they fasted and prayed and read the word, uh, fasted a certain day every week. There was a methodology about it. So I'm a Methodist. Y'all, I'm a Presbyterian. In the, in the Greek, there's presbyteros. It's used 72 times in the New Testament. It's translated as an elder, but it means an older person. I've got a little bit of gray hair. So I believe in the Presbyterian uh, leadership of the church. I'm actually Episcopalian because it comes from the Greek word episkopos. It's used five times in the New Testament, and it means overseer. And we have elders in our fellowship, so I can relate to the, to the Episcopalian. I'm actually Lutheran because I like what Martin Luther did. I believe in, 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 in the radical transformation that came into the church in his day. Why I'm charismatic. I believe, I personally believe that God's Holy Spirit is here with us today and gives us gifts, and He's still operating today. You can do that too. Even if you don't speak in tongues, you could relate to a charismatic. Do you hear what I'm saying? Don't go, oh, you're charismatic? Oh, well, I'm a Baptist. No. And being charismatic, I can relate to the assemblies of God because I like when people assemble for God. And I'm Pentecostal because I believe the Spirit was given at Pentecost. And, and I believe that he moved in power then and he's moving in power today. And of course, I'm a part of the church of God. In fact, being a part of the church of God 
takes me into another realm. I'm also a part of the church of Christ. Aren't you? Are you a disciple of Christ? Why, some groups actually say they are Christian. Are you a Christian? We have different theologies. We have reformed that believe in the sovereignty of God and the strong uh, belief in who God is. I can relate to reform. I can relate to evangelical. I'm evangelical. There's Calvinists and Arminian. There's spirit-filled and word of faith. I connect with them all. There's ancient and modern in practice. There's traditional and contemporary. There's liturgical and spontaneous. There's hymn and contemporary worship. But y'all, all of the kingdom of men, the kingdom of this world, will become the kingdom of our God, Revelation says. So every kingdom with the little K is going to become the kingdom with the big K, the kingdom of God. That's the priority. So we don't let our history and our past become a a stumbling block. Here's the question. If that person's a Baptist, are they born again? If they're Lutheran, are they born again? If they're charismatic, are they born again? I've had some people say to me, I, I'm, just, I'm not, I can't take this Catholic stuff. Why? Well, because do you really think Catholics are born again? I go, well, do you think a Catholic can be born again? Have that discussion with Protestants in the South. And they end up saying, well, I guess they can. Well, could they still be attending the Catholic Church? Yeah, but I just wouldn't agree with all. I'm asking you, can they be born again? That's it. Yeah, yes. Okay, if there's a few born-again believers in the Catholic Church, let's go back to my church. Are there folks that are in my church, in the Baptist Church, that are not born again? Do you hear what I'm saying? We all agree that we're wrong. We just don't know where. And so our argument is, I know we're all wrong. I'm just not as wrong as you. And if we could come back and bring it back down to the salvation and the gospel of, of Jesus for salvation. That's the gospel of salvation. It opens the door, being born again in John 3, to where we can experience the kingdom of God. Y'all, even Catholic, the word means in respect of the whole. It means the whole body of Christ. So I'm Catholic. I'm going to step out here a little bit. I've already stepped some. I'm going to finish it up with this. I'm down to the last one here. And we're not going to be able to do it. <laughs> but look. I don't agree with some theologies and others. Especially when it comes to salvation. You don't mess with the gospel of grace. It is not something we do to be saved. It is what he has done. And we receive that as a gift. We believe in him. And so I just want to tell you and declare today that I am born again and have been witnessing for Jehovah for a long time. Now that's the truth. Don't hear what I'm not saying, okay? Because, you know, in these days of us Latter-day Saints, we have got to make sure that we understand it's a gospel of grace. Some of you going, you're going too far, Johnny. I don't care. You need to hear. 
Paul went to Mars Hill and said, this little sign right here, it says to the unknown God, that's the God that I represent. It's your, look, you try to put God in a Baptist box. He'll bust right out of it. Put him into a Catholic box. He will bust right out of it. Put him into any kind of box. God's bigger than that. And really it comes down to this. Have you received, have you put your faith, your belief in Jesus? In him, not about him. If you have, boom, Holy Spirit comes in you. You are made alive, no longer dead. He didn't come to make uh, bad people better. He came to make dead people live. So look, in the Bible Belt, you're going to come across all kind of religion. And everybody's going, psh, psh, psh. Here's how you confront it. Bring them back to the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of men. Bring them back to the word of God, the scripture. Bring them back to the household of God. It's family, not a club. And help them enter in and get plugged in to the family of God. It's not an event. And if this year, if this year, if every one of us would make an attempt to build relationships with two people, just two people, and bring them in here, y'all, and we train them to reach out and find more family members, this place will explode. And it won't be about an event. It will be about a relationship. Which brings me to the last point, just so I can get this in. Oh, I went the wrong way. Y'all got me. The DNA. The DNA of the family. It's simply Jesus. Those of you that seen this before, 2 Corinthians 11, 3, simplicity and purity of Jesus. That's what we want to reflect, and this is what we've been reflecting. But God's called us through all of the different diversities that we've got in the simplicity of Jesus to see the full colors uh, picture of Jesus. That's the reason we're interdenominational here. Listen, today, if you've been knowing about Jesus and never have really believed in him, it's a good day to be plugged in. Today will change your life. You know about him. We're in the Bible Belt. Everybody knows Jesus. Yeah, I know about Jesus. Ethan and Malia just came here from Albuquerque. They said, man, the fields are ripe to harvest. People know about Jesus and they can talk to you. Y'all, that's not a closed door. That's an open door. Don't be religious. You'll get pshed. So that's going to help you remember this. Priority of the scripture. Priority of the kingdom. The scripture of the kingdom. The household of the kingdom. The entrance into the kingdom and the DNA of the kingdom is simply Jesus. So you have, when somebody, you, this is what you bring back to them. I had to do it. I had to do it. But it's that simple, y'all. In a world that's turning its back on Jesus that they know about. This is the way we bring them into a Jesus that they can believe in. And we bring them into a family where we walk together. Amen? You're not going to forget that, are you? That's indelibly imprinted on your minds today. 
here, I only get to preach once or twice a month. So I take advantage of it. And the reason is because we want the DNA of the kingdom. And it takes a multiplicity of leaders to show and reflect Jesus. So you're going to have different people sharing here. But y'all, it's all about him. It's all about him. 